And uh, welcome to everybody live or live stream. It's great to have everybody uh, worshiping with us one way or another. And we have a special sermon today, a special one for moms today. Happy Mother's Day, whether you're a physical mom, a spiritual mom, an emotional mom. Every woman here has an impact on so many people. We thank God for every one of you. And uh, we just want to honor everyone. So all, every woman here, make sure you get a carnation, ladies, Girls, get a carnation on the way out. Thank you, Linda Compton, for uh, getting those for us. So uh, get those on the way out to remember how much we love you and how much uh, we're, we're thankful to God for your blessings. The special sermon, uh, we're going to get back to Acts in a, a week or two, but I want a special sermon, a way to remember our moms, a way to remember our moms wherever they are, whether they're here on earth with us, whether they're in heaven, uh, wherever they are, uh, we remember them with their, their legacy that they leave for us. And to do this, the title for today is Spiritual Lessons My Mom Taught Me. My mom taught me. Now, I know my mom was watching, and so she's going to be really surprised by this. But I'm sure when I preach this, I'm sure all of you are going to think of the lessons that your moms taught you and, and, and to remember them and to not just remember them, but to live by those lessons that our moms have taught us. And these are a few that I, my mom taught me, but there's a lot more. Uh, but, but also be thinking of the lessons that your moms taught you and, and how we can pass that legacy on. Uh, my mom just turned 82 this past week. 82. Yep. And uh, I have a picture of her to show from her wedding. Uh, there it is. My mom's wedding picture. All right. And so happy birthday, mom. It's a miracle that she has survived this long. Uh, first of all, because she's had a lot of mini strokes. A lot of you know about my mom and her mini strokes. But also a miracle that she survived motherhood and her five children, it's especially Chucky, especially Chucky. Uh, <laughs> it's a miracle any mom survives motherhood, right? You know, look, look at the, the, what you go through. You talk about uh, uh, the shock of motherhood, right? Uh, and the, the, the sacrifice of motherhood. The first day as a mother, you know, the first Mother's Day, the first day as a mo- mother is a shock. You know, nothing can prepare moms for, or the husbands in the room with you, for the birth, the birth of the first child. It's a shock, right? And then the changes that a baby makes on your life and brings to your life, it will take time to get over that shock we've just had three new grandchildren that you know recently and and i've been kidding everybody they're getting over the shock you know the first one the shock of that it takes time right and the shock never really ends it's a lifelong shock it's a lifelong change it's even when they're in adults it seems like the problems just get bigger you know you think well i got through the you know the babies no the problems just get bigger and bigger don't they it, it's crazy um we put our mothers through so much stress Day after day, year after year, and it never ends. Like I said, the older they get, the bigger the problems get, the bigger the stress. And, and there's that saying that comes to mind. A mom is only as happy as her most miserable child. Isn't that true? Isn't that true, moms? Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. It's, it, they're just connected still. And now, I know it's hard to believe, but I gave my mom a few gray hairs also. I know it's hard to believe. She doesn't look like that picture anymore, and some of it's my fault. All right? uh, I, and she used to always say, I hope you have a kid just like you. you know? uh, yeah, I'm sure many of you heard that. But she said it often to me. And, uh, and, and now I have more than one. And Kim is always like, but Mama, you, 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 we call her Mama. Mama, you, you cursed me by doing that, you know, because I'm the one spending most of the time with these kids, you know. So poor Kim. Uh, it, just example, I remember when I was a kid, 
and uh, I found a dead snake. And uh, I was like, I thought the snake was so pretty and it was, you know, big. So I took it into the house and I put it under my pillow. And I left it under my pillow. And every day when I came up to go to bed, I got out the snake. I looked at it and I thought it was so pretty. Then I forgot about it. And, uh, and then one day I went to lay down to go to bed and it, it just, it was a bad smell in my bed, you know. And I looked there and the snake needed to get outside quickly. It smelled so bad. I couldn't believe a snake could smell that bad. I went and threw it out in the weeds. And, and so now here, now, and here we are, uh, <clears throat> and here we are that uh, Laurel just wanted a snake really badly, right? And Uncle Mark and Aunt Gwen found a snake for her. It was a very exciting time. Is Laurel, I think Laurel's still in here. Laurel was so excited to have her baby snake, uh, and she had it there, and she lost it in the house. So uh, it's somewhere in our house. It's somewhere in the house. Somewhere else. But it's okay because Mark is looking for another snake for us. So it's going to be okay. And I bought a real snake aquarium so the next one hopefully won't get out. But anyway, uh, there's a snake in our house. Lots, but moms go through lots of heart attacks, don't they? Lots of heart attacks. Long before my mom had many strokes, she had lots of heart attacks, near heart attacks because of raising us. Uh, some of you might remember the silo story. When I was six years old, and uh, my, we put up a new silo, one of these tall silos was 60 feet high with a top. It's now 70 feet high. And my dad said to me, uh, Chuck, I'm, the silo's full. I need you to climb up and help me. You, you had to push some levers while he was smoothing the, the corn silage out on top of the silo. He says, I want you to come on up and, and help me out. You're just going to have to push some levers. I'm six years old, right? So I said, okay. So he said, wait about... 20 minutes and come on up. So I, I said, okay, so I waited, and then I started climbing the silo. So the silo on the outside had these, like, rungs, you know, metal rungs. And so I started grabbing them and climbing up, you know, Spider-Man, right up the silo. And, and I got up a little ways, and I noticed my little brother Todd was following me. And he was four at the time, so I'm six, he's four. And I'm like, go down, Todd, go down. And he wouldn't listen to me. He just got following me. I was like, go down. He wouldn't listen. And I'm, I'm yelling at him to go down, and, uh, and he wouldn't. And then my mom saw him following me up. Now, he couldn't get all the way up. He only got about a third or halfway because the rungs started spacing out longer as you went up the silo. So he couldn't get all the way up, but he got quite a ways up there. And my mom comes screaming, why are you taking Todd up the silo? I am not he's following me. I didn't tell him to come. Go down, Todd. And so my mom's freaking out. You can't take your little brother up the silo. And so, so she coaxes him down. He comes down the silo, the 20, 30 feet, wherever he was. And, but, but I kept on going. You had to protect little Todd, but little Ch- Chucky, who's six years old, doesn't matter. Keep going, Chucky. You gotta help your dad. Cause my dad's, a, you know, Ch- Chucky didn't matter, you know? So I get up to the top. I get up to the top and I'm like, uh, dad, okay, I'm here. He goes, where are you? He goes, I'm here. He goes, and he's looking out the inside. She goes, I don't see you. And he goes, I'm right here, dad. He goes, I'm right outside. He goes, what are you doing outside? It's dangerous outside. I told you to climb. I wanted you to come up the inside chute. Climb down right now and come up the inside chute. Now, I was only six, but that didn't seem to make sense. I'm right at the door. Wouldn't it be safer to climb into the silo than to climb down the silo and then up the inside chute? But, you know, what does a six-year-old know? But, uh, but you know, but, but we were constantly making our, you know, lots of heart attacks for my mom. And there were many heart-stopping moments. But what I want to focus on today is not those. I want to focus on some spiritual lessons that my mom taught me as an encouragement to all the moms, even if you think kids aren't picking up on things they are even if you think they've forgotten everything you've ever said they haven't it's going to come back to them no matter what uh what you're going through you are still impacting your kids so don't give up okay let me pray father thank you for every woman here 
that is impacting someone, whether a spiritual mom, physical mom, emotional mom. Uh, just pray for every one of them. I pray that they be encouraged to persevere because it's not easy. But, Lord, the, the impact, the eternal impact, Lord, I just pray that they could be encouraged by that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, the fir- lesson number one. I was trying to think of a couple of them. Lesson number one, guardian angels are real. Guardian angels are real. Matthew 18.10. Jesus said, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Every child has a guardian angel. Every child. And uh, I remember my mom teaching me this lesson. I, was, I found a shotgun shell on the ground one time. I was maybe seven or something. I, was just, I remember it very well. I found the shotgun shell, and, uh, and some hunter had dropped it on the farm, and I think I was like seven. So I didn't have a shotgun yet. So, uh, so I, I wanted to shoot the bullet off. So I remember taking a rock and like, trying to hit you know, that little dot on the shotgun shell bashing it bashing it bashing it that didn't work so then i got a nail and i started hitting it with a nail you know and my mom came by and said what are you doing chucky you know with that nail and that rock i go oh well i'm trying to shoot off this shotgun shell what are you doing she freaks out you know i just remember how she freaked out she grabbed it away from me don't you ever do that again you could pull your hand off you could do all kinds of terrible things with this bullet you know uh and and i remember her i remember her saying there really are guardian angels Saying it to herself. <laughs> but I never forgot that. I never forgot that. We, I saw lots of angels at work on the farm and all throughout my life. And probably all, and every one of you have seen them too, whether you realize it or not. We've all seen them in our lives. Okay? So that was lesson number one. Lesson number two, there are consequences for our actions. This is missing in our culture today, isn't it? Uh, but there are consequences for our actions. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. There are consequences for our actions. And my mom taught me that one very much. Uh, there's not many of these stories about cats I can tell. But there's one I can tell. Uh, one time I was out, I was little, real little, four or five, and I had a little, one of those little wading pools, swimming pools. I remember it was over, over near the corn cribs there. And, and a cat came by. One of my cats came by, and I picked it up, and I threw it out in the middle of the swimming pool. Now, it's only this deep, and the cat was fine, but the cat didn't like it. He was like swimming. Cats don't like to swim. All right? It's right, so swimming. It finally gets out, comes out. I picked it up. I threw it in again, you know? It's swimming, swimming, swimming. Came out again. Threw it in again, you know? And then I heard my mom say, Chucky, Chucky, come on, come in the house. I'm like... Okay, so the cat got out. It was good. I, I went running out. She goes, what have you been doing? I go, nothing. She goes, I saw everything. Yeah, whack, 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 whack. Yeah, 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 I got it good. And I deserved it. I deserved it. Uh, I deserved it. Uh, won't say any more about cats. But anyway, I deserved it. But she also, so consequences for her actions, but she also mis- mixed in a lot of grace, too. Lots of times she was a buffer for my dad's discipline. I remember one time, uh, one time not about the same time, there were, we, my parents had a bunch of helium balloons. It was somebody's birthday. They had a bunch of helium balloons back when it was hard to get helium balloons. And uh, they had this, like, five of them there in, in the house. And I picked, grabbed the whole one. I was going to go outside, and my mom said, don't go outside with those. You'll lose them. Keep them inside. Do not go outside with these balloons. It's for the birthday. So my parents went out to do their chores, and 
I took the balloons outside. And it's crazy when you do that. I don't know what the wind caught or whatever, but I lost the balloons. I think they're floating away. And, and I knew it. Damn it. I'm in big trouble. Because you don't ever do that when my, when my, when my dad says don't do something, you do it. That's not a good thing. Milking hose. So anyway, I, uh, so I, I, I went in the house. I went in the bathroom and I locked the door. Locked the door. And I stayed there. And my mom came in from chores. She's looking for Chucky, and she's looking for the balloons. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? And, and, and she tried the door, and she goes, Chucky, I go, yeah, I'm in here. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, I can't come out. She goes, why? He goes, because I went outside with the balloons. She did what? And I lost them. They why? Oh, yeah. I know. I know I'm in big trouble. I, but I know I'm going to get spanked, and I don't want to get spanked. And, and, and uh, Dad's going to spank me. I know he's going to spank me. And she goes, come on out. You're going to have to go out. No, I know. He's going to spank me. But he doesn't have to because I, I already feel it. It's like I've already been spanked. I remember I was just a little kid. I was like, give it this. I can already, it's like I already was spanked, and I can already feel it. So he doesn't have to spank me because I'm already in pain. And I, I was just, I was reasoning with my mom, right? And and my mom says, "Okay, come out. He won't spank you. Your dad won't spank you." And so my she did the mercy thing, and I came out, and they promptly took the doors off the lock, the locks off the door. So I had no more lock on the bathroom door. That only worked once, only once. Uh, lesson number three: hospitality. My mom taught me hospitality. Romans twelve thirteen. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hospitality. My mom would take anyone or anything in at any time. Anytime. We, I'll start with the animals. We always had animals in the back kitchen. We had a back room, back shed, back kitchen, and we always had animals in there. We had baby chicks in there. We had kittens in there. We had to feed them with little bottles. They, they, they had baby bunnies in there, baby birds we tried to save. Everything. Dogs. You know, stray dogs were constantly coming in. They were in there. Dogs everywhere. Every, every life mattered to my mom. Every life. Every life. Uh, I remember driving on the road. We were driving on the road with my mom, and all of a sudden, we, there was a dead possum on the road. They're everywhere on the farm, right? And she sees this dead possum, and she said, she hits the brakes. It was a pretty busy road where we were at that time. Uh, it was up near Lockport. And she said, I saw something moving on that possum. And she gets out, stops traffic, gets out, goes back, and there was a little baby possum on its mother. The mother was killed, but the baby was still alive. You know, they're marsupials. I think there's a pouch and all that stuff. And they carry, they carry them on their backs, all that stuff. So the baby possum was there, but the mother was dead. So my mom, most people, what you do a baby possum? It's a big rat, right? Yeah. No, no. My mom brings it home, brings it home. We start feeding it with a little bottle. We had these little bottles, you know, doll bottles, and gave it milk. And, and it got bigger and bigger. And we took care of this possum for for until it got big enough to leave. And that's a whole other story. But I remember catching little crickets and letting them go in on the in the living room floor. We'd catch the crickets and uh, under the rocks, and and this possum would charge across it and grab the cricket and eat it. And uh, he was just, it was a lot of fun. We had but my mom even would pick up a, a, a possum. And she had this rule. We couldn't shoot any animals. We got BB guns. We got a little older. And uh, you couldn't shoot any animals on, on near the house or the barns. 
which means you couldn't shoot any animals anywhere. Because if you go out in the woods, they're wild, they fly away, they get away, we could never get them. Our only chance was a bird or a, an animal near the house or the barns. And she knew that. So she was basically dooming us to just shooting at cans, you know? And because she didn't want us to shoot anything, hurt anything with the guns. And, and I'll, I'll never forget, uh, my, one time I was walking by the corn crib. Some of you have heard this before. Walking by the corn crib. And where's the picture of the corn cribs? Uh, you got the farm picture, M? Okay, you see right there, you see the silo. There's the foot silo. <laughs> and then uh, coming this way toward the road, see the little lane there? And then there's two little round, there's two big round corn cribs there, right? In uh, one of those, one of those was empty, and there was a morning dove trapped inside. And I was like, oh, a morning dove, you know? We got we to gotta, we gotta get this. And I didn't have a BB gun yet. I was only 10, but my brother Billy was 11. He just got his BB gun, and he wouldn't let me touch it. But, but, but I was, wanted to vicariously hunt through Billy. So I went and got Billy. He said, Billy, there's a morning dove trapped in the corn crib. He goes, well, I can't shoot it. You know mom's rule. We can't shoot any birds near the house or the barns, you know, uh, which means we can't shoot anything. I go, but Billy, she won't know. Come and get this morning, Bill. Bill. It's sitting there in the corner. It can't get out. That was pretty high, you know, 20 feet high. But we go in there and the morning devil's sitting perched up there. I go, there it is, Billy. Shoot. He goes, I don't know. Come on, Billy, you can do it. And he, so Billy took his BB gun. He starts shooting and pinging off the roof and cutting out our eyes. And, you know, we're dodging. And finally, one of these BBs hit the morning dove and stunned it a little bit. It keeps fluttering down. I go, you got it, Billy. Now you got it. Get it, Billy. Get it, Billy. And so Billy went up and he got closer and he shot it again. And then he pumped his gun and he shot it again. And I'm pumping him up. And he's just shooting this morning dove over and over again. It was like a pincushion. It was, it was, uh, and I'm watching this and Billy keeps shooting it about 20 times now. And, and I'm like, I'm looking at the morning dove and he looked up at us with the saddest eyes you ever saw. And I started to cry. Meanwhile, Billy's still shooting the morning dove, shooting the morning dove. He's in a frenzy, you know. And I walk, went into the house crying, and I said, Mom. And he goes, what happened, Chucky? What happened? He goes, Billy's shooting a morning dove. He's shooting a morning dove in a corn crib. He's going to kill it. And my mom went, what? And she went out. My mom was mad. I don't know I was following her. She was doing this. Yeah, you know, I'm running behind her crying, you know, and she gets out there. Billy didn't even hear her coming to the car crib. He's just shooting the morning up. He's in a frenzy. And, 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 and she comes in and says, Billy! You know, you know how moms have that voice, you know? Billy! Yeah, it was her voice. I, we all perfected because when we wanted to torment each other, we would use that, you know, on, on each other. And, and he's like, <gasps> And he goes, he goes, give me that gun. You will never see this gun again. And she took it. Look at you did to that poor bird. Took it in. And, and Billy lost the gun for at least a year. And, and, and I was sitting there and she was yelling at him. And finally he says, he goes, wait a minute. Cause I was crying. I go, Billy, that was really mean. And he goes, wait a minute. You're the one who told me to shoot it. I go, yeah, but I didn't tell you to kill it. You know? So anyway, so that was my mom. You could not shoot any. She would, ugh, you were terrified. One time we're, uh, the other here, put that picture back up. There's another corn crib, a, th- a third one out next to the solid go that way. You see that little red building, and then there's another corn crib over there, just outside of the other red building by the corn. My dad had another corn crib, and that was still off limits. But one time I saw a hole, and we were older now. We had we had access to 22s. Uh, my dad's 22, and there, I saw a hole under the ground, and I set a trap. I said, well, I wonder what's under. It must be a. Rack, 
coon or a, a woodchuck. But, but we had to be careful because my mom couldn't see this because it was her, you know, preserve, you know. So we set the trap there and thinking we're going to get a woodchuck or something, a leg trap. And uh, the next morning I went out, there was a skunk in it. Now, we have a problem because if my mom knows we shot a, got a skunk, then she'll know we were trapping and now we're in big trouble again because she would take all the traps away, right? And so, uh, I, I said, well, how are we going to get this? So I went back to the house and my brother Todd and I were involved. He was a couple years younger. I said, Todd, here's, I handed him my dad's 22. <laughs> I said, I'm going to stay here at the porch and watch for mom that she doesn't come out. Your job is to go shoot the skunk. But, now, he was a better shot than me, but he's an amazing shot. He's like, he could be a professional. He could be on TV. He's unbelievable hunting, fishing, everything else. And, and I, now, but I said, I want you to go shoot the skunk. But you got to get it on the first shot. Because if you don't get it on the first shot, this is just going to squirt. It's going to, the whole farm is going to smell. Mom's going to know what we did. And then we don't have traps. We're going to have guns or traps. It's going to take everything away. And so he goes, okay. He goes off and I'm sitting on the porch watching for my mom, but really just trying not to get in trouble. And, and so, so I'm like, come on, Todd, you can do it. One shot. One shot. I'm waiting, tensely waiting. I still remember just sitting there and all of a sudden, oh, that's good. I don't smell anything. Well, he's just making sure. He's just making <laughs> Seven bullets in the clip. Use them all. I could smell it where I was. We lost the guns. We lost the traps. We lost everything. Because you don't mess with my mom's animals, right? My mom was pro-life, right? Uh, especially with people. Even more with people. She was always taking someone in. Always. Whether it was dinner, whether it was overnight, whether it was friends who are in trouble with their families. We didn't even have to ask. We just brought people home like we brought pets home, like, you know, animals home. We just brought them home, never had to ask. Even my college friends would. I remember one time I was planning a trip to sneak back and surprise my parents. And I had to, invited one of my college roommates. And, and he's all excited. We're going to go back. And I didn't tell my parents we're going to surprise them. But my other roommate heard about it. I go, well, you can come too. He goes, well, no, no, your parents don't know I'm coming. They only know. But I go, they don't know any of us are coming. We're just going to go. And we did. You know, we just surprised them. And anybody could come at any time, uh, hospital. Vitality. Lesson number four, God can use anyone, no matter who they are and no matter what, what they are. God can use us. First Samuel 16, 7. First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Doesn't matter who we are. Doesn't matter. My, uh, when I was a kid, I had a smart mouth. I know you find it hard to believe. I had a smart mouth, and my, I remember my mom saying to me, Chucky, the only way God can use that smart mouth of yours is he's going to have to make you a preacher. The only way he can bring something good out of that mouth of yours, you're going to be a preacher. And I was like, no way, I will never be a preacher. And I was, I was, I was little. And then I got bigger and I kept, she kept saying it. I kept saying, I will never be a preacher. That is the last thing I wanted to do. But she got me good because that's what I ended up doing, right? God got me good. She got me good. We often think that, you know, well, God can't use us somehow. You know, because of our smart mouth or because of, you know, whatever in our life, right? We're too messed up for God to use. But uh, I saw a great quote uh, that I've been waiting to use. When God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. (laughs) Isn't that encouraging? 
And then I go, yeah. He already figured it out. He factored it in. All right? So uh, that, that I thought was really good. Uh, lesson number five. Things don't matter. Ministry does. Things don't matter. The kingdom of God is what matters. Matthew six nineteen to 21, where it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures in, on earth where moth and rust destroy. I'm going to have to read this version. Where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There your heart will be also. Things don't matter. Ministry does. When I first started helping out with the youth group, uh, my I was in college, and a couple of my friends, we were in college, and we started helping with the youth group, and it exploded. It was just crazy. God, it was like a mini revival. It was just crazy. And I would go around picking up all these kids from our town I was, who were in high school age, and I would pick them up to bring them to the youth group. And every week it was more and more, and my, I used my parents' van. They said, yeah, sure, use the van. And I'd pick them up, and I usually had about 25 kids in my van. Now, this was a long time ago, 40 years ago. Everybody did this back of the pickup truck full of people. And I would have 25, they were just piled on top of each other. Kids were sitting on that middle section, you know, talking to me as I'm driving. And we would go all over the place for youth group. I remember uh, going to Niagara Falls. We lived not too far from Niagara Falls. We did an all-nighter, and we ended up at the falls. We had swimming all night long and all the crazy things we did. We ended up at the falls for the sunrise. All these kids piled, and I'm trying to drive. The kids are trying to keep me awake. You know? and, and, and then we got so many kids that I was like, it was getting too full. I had my van and different people's cars, and we were going everywhere. And I, one of the other youth leaders, I saw that his her parents had a, a real fancy conversion van. I'm like, hey, this would be great. We could put another at least another 20 kids in that van. You know, could we? Why don't you talk to your parents? And she's like, no way. They would never let you use our van. You know, they're, 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 this is a this is a nice van. You know, they would never let you destroy their van. You know, just had this whole attitude, and her parents had this whole attitude. We could not touch their fancy conversion van, and uh, the, and I was shocked. I was really shocked, and I never forgot it because it never occurred to me that someone would care more about their van than kids' spiritual lives and their spiritual eternity. It never even occurred to me. My parents let us use their van anytime we wanted. It didn't matter how many kids we put in it. it didn't matter how much we jeopardized the farm with a lawsuit. <laughs> you know what I mean? They let us use it, which is closely tied to the last lesson I want to share. And that's lesson number six. You can only take people to heaven with you. That's the only thing you can take to heaven are people. My mom would say to us many times, the only thing I can take to heaven with me are you kids. My kids. It's all I care about. And so she did her darndest to make sure that we did go to heaven. We did the Sunday school and we went to VBS and camp, all the camps that we went to, like Haycock Camp coming up this summer. Boy, if you haven't get your kids signed up for camp, get them signed up. She made it a priority. You know how a lot of parents, well, I'll give my kid a choice. They don't want to go to this, they don't want to do that, you know, whatever. And no, 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 we went. But she made it a priority. She made our spiritual life a priority. And, uh, and it, it was more important than anything else. My mom accepted Christ when she was 16 
watching Billy Graham on TV. Her family wasn't Christian. She accepted Christ watching Billy Graham on TV. And, and she, that's all she cared about is that we would do the same. John 3.16. Heard it many times. You've heard it many times. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Moms, you might be sitting here today, maybe you came in today thinking your kids are not listening or learning. But they are. What lessons are you teaching them? What lessons for eternity? What life are you impacting? What life are you impacting? Kids, uh, whether you're grown-up kids or younger kids, tell your moms. Tell them today, as part of Mother's Day, as a gift, how they have impacted you. The difference they've made. And if your mom is in heaven already, live out those lessons that your mom. That's the way to, to show your mom is by living out those lessons. Pass on the blessings that your mom has given you. And maybe you're here today or you're listening today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here with your mom as just a favor. You're watching this as just a favor, but you're not saved yet. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ yet. I want to say this. Stop torturing your mother. Hear me? Stop torturing your mother. Because it is torture for them every day. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Do it today. And tell your mom you've done it. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us this morning? Maybe, moms, you needed some encouragement. Maybe you feel like you're not making a difference or you've failed in some way. But listen, God doesn't grade us by what our kids do or don't do. He grades us by faithfulness. We're called to be faithful and leave the rest in his hands. For those of us who have a mom that we can still talk to, They're still here. I want to encourage you to bless your mom today. Thank her. Share the difference that she's made in your life. Live out the lessons that she has sacrificed to teach us. And maybe you're here today or you're listening to this today or whenever and You've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to God. You've never done the one thing that your mom cares most about. Believe me. Do it today. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Take that step of faith, the prayer of faith, right this moment. Jesus, I'm turning away from my sin. Everything in my life that goes against what you want for me, against your word, I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. What you did on the cross in my place, you took my place, you shed your blood, you gave your life to pay. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I give my life to you. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, tell your mom. If your mom's not here, don't worry about it. She's already heard the news. She's waiting for you in heaven. Father, I pray that every woman here would be encouraged. Pray this in Jesus' name.